Hey guys, it's Chris from Tap the Craft, and I wanted to say thank you for checking out our show. I also wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Brewer Shirts. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Check out their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off of full-priced items. Craft Beer Friends to Season 7, Episode 7 of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Lewis coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man and home brewer from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How you doing tonight, Chris? And of course, what is in your glass? Denny, um, I think like you said it earlier today, today was a typical Monday, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh as usual, I'm just glad to be on here drinking some beer and, and talking about beer and, uh, well, discussing all things beer. Yes. Beer related. Yeah. Um, but in my glass tonight, I'm drinking something from uh, over your way, Denny. It's from Stormbreaker Brewing, and it's their Right is Rain Pale Ale. And uh, it's better than my previous beer. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Good. Much it's much better than my previous beer is what I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. So what was your previous beer? So I my previous beer was a Velasa Rabbit from Aslan, which is a great name. But I poured it down the drain. <laughs> oh wow. It was too uh, rabid for you? I there was too much Velasa and not enough <laughs> rabbit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think it was an older, like an old beer or something that was just like uh, heated and cooled, like thermo? I I think so. Um, so the the guy that brought it to me, he goes, "Hey, it was uh, I my car was running the majority of the time that the beer was in there, but uh, I think it might have gotten a little warm." And mm. well, I I was able to look at one of the bottoms of uh, one of the cans, and it said it was from uh, the end of August. So well, that's still not, that's not too we're bad. coming and we're coming up on it. But he, he told me outright, he was like, yeah, you know what? I think I, it might've just been a little hot Yeah, when it was stored yeah. in there. Cause he tried one with me and, uh, we split the can. So originally when I drank that for the first time, it was, yeah, this is a little off. Something tastes weird about it. But then I had the can tonight and it was the same, just weird off flavors in it. Okay. It's like it, like I put it in my notes, it smelled a little soapy almost. Okay. And I made sure it wasn't my cup. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, right. yeah, well, I'm sad to say it's a little off. All right. All right. Well, hey, enjoy that Stormbreaker. Uh, oh, I, 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 I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't had, I don't even know if I've had any Stormbreaker. I just see people drinking it and hoping that it comes to Boise eventually. And I'll be lucky to have some myself because they, mm-hmm. I think they've won some awards, you know, over the years. So. It's got to be good, good beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we're not alone, Chris. We're not. We're not. Uh, we 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 have. You know, I'm going to use the air quotes. Guest. We have a There's guest a host. Guest? Yeah, they're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have Mr. John Ream. 
the one and only, the Trek head brewer and owner uh, from the Columbus area, Ohio. How you doing tonight, John? Hey, hello. <laughs> yes, yes. You have a voice. Nice to be with you tonight. <laughs> All <laughs> How right. How you guys doing? Hey, we're, we're doing good. It's good doing to good, hear man. your voice on the air. It's, it's exciting. We haven't heard heard from you since right at the beginning of the, the corona, I think, or or maybe in the middle of it. I, I can't remember. It's been a few months. A little, little bit into it, yeah. 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 So we're, we're excited. We're going to have a little segment where we just kind of, you know, get an update on Trek. Uh, but before we get there, though, what, what's in your glass? You drinking something? I am. I'm actually from another Licking County brewery tonight. Um, I've got the Dead Prospector from Homestead Brewing, okay, uh, which is a hazy IPA featuring uh, Idaho Seven oh. uh, hops in there. So it's, it's really tasty. I enjoy it. And then once I finish this, I'm going to be hitting a keg in the other room, which oh. is full of my pale ale. So okay, okay, so. So what do you think about Idaho 7? I know you had brewed some beers with it, and now you're drinking beers with it. Uh, are you a fan of this hop, or is there a special way to utilize it that gets the best flavors in, in out of it? Uh, however I do it. That, um, it's good? Okay. It's pretty much good, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we... The only way. <laughs> um, yeah, we just put on a double IPA uh, last weekend. Um featuring Idaho 7 and uh, with a little Citra and um, uh, one other hop. I'm blanking on at the moment. That'll come to me okay. later. But, yeah, it's uh, it's really nice. I, I, I do enjoy that hop. Um, I played with it in uh, a couple hazies and uh, this double IPA uh, that we did. Um, but, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Um, I've had good success with it in the dry hop, um, okay. and, and late edition stuff. So, okay. I, I think the the beers that I've had that I think that are better to, with Idaho seven is when they utilize it in conjunction with other, you know, hops along that kind of complement it. Right. It get, you know, the Idaho seven has some distinct characteristics yeah, and if it's used I, alone, I think it, it kind of can ge- be overwhelming with with some of that so if you use it with some centennial or cascade or something and uh and even some sabro uh, i think it kind of you know helps out a little bit yeah i think it's one of those team player hops Mm -hmm. um definitely it shines a little better uh yeah there's some hops that just seem and it might just be like it comes across one dimensional or you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like it it just doesn't have the same breadth that we're we've now become accustomed to Mm -hmm. um with all these like haze and stuff, they're just packed to the gills. Yeah. So, um, but no, I'm enjoying that hop. I'm enjoying it at our place with the the double IPA and okay. and in this one right here. Well, so. good, good, excellent, excellent. Well, I am also drinking. I'm doing well. Uh, it is Monday. <laughs> it is Monday. I, I just thought I'd just go ahead and you know. Yeah, you know, I was told I was a guest. I'd have to do any of that. Yes. Kind of uh, thing. Uh, so, uh, this is on you, Chris. And you know what? I still, I still signed my contract, John. Yeah, yeah it's okay. It's okay. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm drinking a couple uh, Jubilees, the Shoots Brewery uh, Jubilee. It is winter time officially because Jubilee is out. I'm already buying cases of it. Uh, because that's the way I roll. I love this. As anyone knows, this is one of my go-to beers during the fall and winter time. And uh, I'm, I, I, you know, I thought I'd drink two of these on the show tonight just to, to it, you know, it, we kind of got a little bit more, you know, this is a weird entry into the fall because 
you know, one day we'll have like super cold weather and then we'll have the hot sun out again. So it's, it's kind of been, you know, in the thirties in the, in the morning and then warms up to, you know, 65, 70 in the afternoon and the sun's out and it's nice and warm. Uh, but you know what? It's still wintertime in my eyes. So I'm enjoying some jubilee. I, I, have, I mean, are you able to get the shoots in, in the Columbus area, John? Yes. Okay. Okay. So has Jubilee come across your store shelves? No idea. I've not been to the store in like a week and a half. <laughs> okay. Okay. No so. problem. No problem. But just in case you do go out, you know, or, you know, or Kristen goes out, make sure you, you know, have her pick you up some, you know, some winter L's. It is wintertime. Oh. Like hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's get this show started. But before we do that, I always want to let any new listener to the show know what Tap to Craft podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist our listeners along in their craft beer journeys and adventures. You're listening to episode 163, recording on Monday, October 19th, 2020. And in this episode, we will be focusing our attention on the Great American Beer Festival 2020 version. And as well as we're going to talk with John about Trek Brewing and learn how they're doing and what's the next step for them, which would be nice. And of course, you'll have some great beer conversation as you've already seen us carry on before the show even started. Uh, so let's get this, let's get this conversation started with some Trek Brewing news and updates. So John, last we heard you were, you were kind of shut down, uh, doing some, uh, uh, getting ready to go ahead and, and, and do some, I guess, takeout sales, or maybe you were doing takeout sales at the time and, uh, and so how, how have things come along in Ohio? You, I mean, I've always obviously been watching, uh, all your posts and stuff on uh, social media. So I know that your tap room is open for football and for trivia night and bands playing. You have your kitchen open. I know that, that, uh, Matt Helmer and Vic Johnson, Vic Joe were there last weekend to enjoy some beers, which was fantastic. Maybe the weekend before last, I lose track. Um, so you guys are obviously open. Is is things going well for you guys? Um, it's going well given the circumstances. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we uh, we opened back up uh towards the end of May, um, with you know different restrictions in place with social distancing, masks, and mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, masks actually weren't required for a while. Um, they were tied to this county alerts system that the state has set up um if you hit a certain level then mass would be required then they just said never mind it's just required all the time everywhere okay um and so that's still in effect uh our county actually just went back up to that level that would have required mass so um things are we're, we're spiking a lot of tests right now yeah. in ohio um but uh we're still open um Distancing all the tables, cleaning everything all the time. Mm -hmm. um, we are doing some events, you know, trying to do things best we can. Uh, in our area, a lot of people just don't care about it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a delicate balance, uh, you know, trying to do all the right things and keep everything, you know, on the up and up and like keeping people comfortable and safe 
and still dealing with people that, you know, have no interest in any of that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it can get us, you know, license revoked and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. If we don't, uh, so that's really fun. Um, but, uh, you know, we're seeing a pickup in business, you know, going along with everybody stopping caring. Um, I shouldn't say everybody, but mm-hmm. there is a, a, a strong contingent, mm-hmm. but, um, things have been, been going better, uh, doing in-house. We're still doing a decent takeout. Uh, there's still quite a few people that that's all they're doing right now. Um, we still don't have bar stools back. Okay. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's, that's one of those things like, yeah, uh, technically we could have them like, it's not forbidden. Um, but then I'm just placing people surrounding my staff with no masks on, you yeah. know, where they can't escape anywhere or, yeah. you know, they're kind of trapped. So it doesn't feel like the right, the right move, mm-hmm. um, at the moment, but, um, Yeah. Okay. So are you long ramble? No, 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 it's good. (laughs) So, um, like here in, in the Boise area, uh, it's no, nobody comes up to the bar and orders. It's they, they now have to have the bartenders and the servers go out to the tables and take your order and come back and bring the beer. So nobody's, you know, gathering around the bar. Is that how it is at your, in, in Ohio also is that you, you have to go to the tables or, do you, are you able to, how are you handling the ordering of beer right now? Um, no, we're queuing at the bar. We have markers down for six feet separation, um, which is only followed like half the time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it, all our regulars, they adhere to everything and it kind of helps when they're there. Cause they kind of set the precedent for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's nights when we just have a whole bunch of randoms that it gets really difficult for yeah. everybody. Um, but, uh, no, so we still run everything through, through the bar, um, just, uh, queuing everything up and with all the bar stools removed and no people, you know, sitting there, um, it's a little easier, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of handle that, but we have a line designated that goes out into our lobby, you know, which is a large space. Mm-hmm. So we, we can, uh, kind of queue up nicely that way. Yeah. Yeah. But, have you had any, um, you, you have that event or that, uh, banquet room area, the event room. Have you had any events that you've uh, scheduled like private events during this? Uh, yes. Um, we had a, we had a whole bunch scheduled through the summer. Mm-hmm. Most of those got either refunded or rescheduled to indetermined time mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, but we've started to have an uptick in events, you know, as people are getting, more comfortable, mm-hmm. um, with everything. Uh, we had one last weekend. We have one this Friday. Um, so that's something that's picking up a little bit. Um, but it's, uh, that's another, that's another ball of wax with all the regulation. Cause people feel like, well, we have the room, we can do what we want. Yeah. It's like, nope, yeah. nope, nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Makes it, makes it tough. Makes it tough. Yeah. And and I'm sure your outdoor space is being used well, or you, I mean, you have that open, right? Yep, yep, yeah. That that was the first thing to open. We were first allowed to open up for outside um, uh, service uh, when things reopened, and then uh, they added inside like two days later. Or, okay, yeah, <laughs> like it was yeah. a really weird like distinction of uh, you know 
it, yeah, it was very short, maybe a week. I okay. don't know. Like, um, but yeah, the patio has been open. That's been when we have a lot of people that they will only go to the sit patio. out there. If, yeah. if the patio is full, they will leave. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We, Sarah and I have started uh, visiting breweries here locally and we first would only go to the ones that had patio space with, with spacing. And, um, just, uh, actually from just the last weekend, uh, or maybe a weekend before last, we, you know, we visited some spots that, uh, the outdoor space was full, but we had, you know, my friend Alex was in town and we wanted to see him. So we went into, a, a separate space inside, but we were the only ones in this, uh, like, you know, activity area. And so we had a big table and we just kind of hung out there and it was, you know, felt more secure when no one else was around, but us. So it was nice. But yeah, we also enjoy the, the just being having that extra air outside just to, to clear things up and feel, feel a little bit safer. But you know, winter is coming, and when winter comes, it's going to start to to close up some of these outdoor spaces. Do you have any plans? I mean, I know in Ohio, you're you know you, you've you've got your inside open, so you're probably pretty safe. But do you are you going to try to make some kind of an outdoor heated space for people to go that that feel more comfortable out there? Um, we've talked about that, but the number of people that we see coming through that are, we're only outside is a very, very small percentage mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Um, and we haven't so much space indoors to yeah. spread everything out yeah. and we are doing that. Uh, you know, like I was talking to a couple of people this weekend, um, and they'd said, you know, they've been going to, you know, all their favorite places trying to support everybody. Uh, but they've basically made a list of places they're not going to go back to mm. um, until everything's done because they're either not following protocol, yeah, they're yeah. keeping everybody too close together, you know, employees not wearing masks and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're like, yeah, we have like five places now um, that we're willing to go to. And she's like, don't worry, you're on the list. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but, that means you're doing things um, right. Yeah. Like you'll probably see a lot more of us this winter. I'm like, that's good. I'm, I'm okay with that. So oh, good. Good. So um, one last thing, I, I, I know I hate putting you on the spot, but I did notice that Kristen posted a photo last week, I think of your Trek taps completely full with only Trek beer. Is this the first time that's happened or is this now a uh, normal? You normally only have your own beers on tap. We normally only have our own. Oh. And uh, I, yeah, that actually wasn't true. It wasn't totally full. <laughs> we only had our beers on, but there were two empty taps. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, you can't see that in the picture. It's all think. in the wording. It's all in the it's angle. Okay. It yeah. looked good. It yeah. looked yeah. good. But no, we've, we have had uh, a full list of 12, um, which would be every tap. Um, uh, we, we have had that before. Um, and it's it's definitely, it's going to be the norm moving forward. So. Okay. Good. Good. It's good to see that. I mean, everyone loves variety, um, but with variety comes the challenge of making sure that you can get rid of all the beer. Now, I'm sure a lot of those taps are are small batch stuff that you'd only have a small amount, so it's not going to you know be sticking around if it's not something people really you know crave. But have, have you had any issues where beer doesn't uh, you know go you don't go through it as fast on the tap? And you have to get rid of it or or special um, actually everything that's up on the board right now was on our big system. Oh, wow. 
Um, nice. And uh, no, we haven't we haven't had an issue with anything dating out to the point like that. Oh, you know, this is turned or mm-hmm. you know anything like that. Like there's things, some things that took a little longer than we expected, but you know, we always are tasting everything and making sure that it's still good. Yeah. Um. So because I I wouldn't serve something that that didn't you know meet standard. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, you no, you're good about that for sure. Quality is everything. Got to have that quality beer where you don't want to turn off your uh, your customers because it just takes one beer to say, yep, I'm not coming back here. <laughs> All yep. right, John. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for letting us know about uh, what's happening with Trek Beer Brewing, actually at trekbeer.com. Uh, so go visit, of course. Uh, all right. Let's get on. Let's let's get away from John. Let him drink. Let him wet his willy. Uh, I've been doing that the whole time. Yes. <laughs> I'm no amateur. Yes. So uh, let's get lubricate in. your mouth. Yeah, lubricate that mouth. But uh, <laughs> hey, we we got some voicemail, and uh, the voicemail is actually from uh, you know from one of our listeners that had a chance to come by and visit Trek Brewing uh, on his latest vacation. So let's hear what Mr. Mike Allen has to say. Hey, Denny and Chris. Uh, Mike Allen here. Hey, got a message from Denny on Untapped about my recent stay at the Dog House, which is the hotel slash brewery from BrewDog near Columbus, Ohio. Um, just wanted to give you a little update on that. So, took a week's vacation and uh, originally was planning on meeting up with a buddy of mine in Boston and hitting Trillium Treehouse. Uh, up into uh, Hill Farmstead and Alchemist up in uh, New Hampshire and Vermont, and then doing some backpacking in Acadia National Park. But uh, unfortunately, the uh, all of New England is pretty much shut down with a quarantine requirement uh, for out-of-towners, me being from Atlanta, that would have hit me. So um, decided to kind of reroute the vacation. Um, ended up driving up the Blue Ridge Parkway, doing a bunch of hiking and, and exploring along the way, and then up into Shenandoah National Park. Um, did some other stuff. Uh, went to Gettysburg and walked around the, the Civil War battlefield, which was pretty amazing. Saw Falling Water, huge Frank Lloyd Wright uh, fan, so seeing Falling Water was amazing. And then uh, headed over to Columbus, and the intention was to do a little hiking in and around there and then eventually work my way down to Louisville and uh, spend some time with a cousin of mine. Um, anyway, uh, when I got into Louisville, checked into my hotel, uh, which I won't provide the name of, but <laughs> turned out to be a little shithole and uh, decided that uh, I just wasn't going to stay there that night. So uh, that said, look for other options, and when I went to the uh, uh, site that I used to find travel arrangements, um, a vacancy at the doghouse popped up. And I thought, hmm, I love craft beer. Mm-hmm. I need a place to crash tonight. What the hell? So I uh, went ahead and snagged that, and I uh, made my way over to the doghouse. Got there, I don't know, it was early evening, probably 6 or o'clock or so. Um, got checked in super fast. The people there were incredibly, incredibly friendly. Uh, they start you off with a welcoming beer when you check into the hotel. And mind you, the kind of hotel lobby, in quotes, is just like a tap room. Um, but uh, anyway, got checked in, got my welcome beer, went up to my room, got, uh, you know, comfortable and everything. Went back down 
and uh, hung out with the bartenders. They've got some pretty strict uh, social distancing and mask requirements in place. That's you know a, a good thing. I'm happy to to abide by those. Um, but anyway, spent uh, a couple of hours uh, between that kind of lobby area talking to the uh, bartenders slash hotel. Um, uh, front desk folks um, drinking a few of their beers really good beer part two <laughs> so part two Mike Allen here again <laughs> um, so it's been a couple hours just chatting with the uh, the bartenders uh, down in the tap room and then went over into the actual tasting room uh, did a nice flight of some of their IPAs and New England IPAs over there um, this is as they're kind of winding down for the evening. Um, really, really good beer. Like just about everything, there was only maybe one or two that I wasn't a super fan of, but I uh, really appreciated that. Um, eventually, I don't know, 11 o'clock or so, uh, wanted to get back to my room. I had, you know, was planning on taking off the next day, had a long drive ahead of me and more hiking and stuff along the way. Um, went to bed with, you know, kind of took my flight up to my room and I finished those off up there. Rooms were super comfortable, super clean, uh, just couldn't speak highly enough of, of just the accommodations. They're really, really amazing. The room itself has a mini keg in it, like a pony keg um, that you can get into. It also has two beer fridges, one which has um, not just BrewDog's uh, catalog, but some other stuff in there. There's some Heretic in there and, and hmm. several others that I recognize, but at this point don't remember. Already had a couple beers this evening. <laughs> um, and then the, the most amazing thing was the shower beer fridge. So in the bathroom, built into the wall right next to the shower is a uh, stocked beer fridge uh, with BrewDog selections. So of course when I got up uh, the next morning, uh, you know, had to enjoy a beer in the shower just for the sake of doing it. And uh, somehow a, beer sh- a shower beer does taste slightly better. Mm. Um, so it was a really good experience. Uh, headed out and uh, went on my way the next, you know, the next morning. Uh, but overall, really, really outstanding experience. Really loved it. <clears throat> we'll probably stay there again if the wife and I head up that way ever. And then eventually, uh, later that day, made it my way over to Trek. And I got to meet Mr. Ream and say hi to him real quickly. He was busy in the brewing process, so we didn't get to chat too long. But uh, he did come out, had a few of his beers, really liked that vanilla status. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, got to meet John. So, again, really, really nice guy. Really appreciated him coming oh, out no. and just saying hi. So, <laughs> that's right, guys. so uh, anyway, uh, hope, uh, hope the show is going you pay him well. for that, John? To the next episode. No comment. And uh, <laughs> cheers. All right. Well, jeez. That was, uh, I mean, I've been wanting to try out this doghouse, Brew Dogs Doghouse Hotel, you know, on one of my trips out there. Uh, you know, I want to go ahead and, you know, set up a, a time to go in. And, uh, you know, I hear that it's very hard to get reservations, but maybe during COVID, it's a lot easier. People are, you know, canceling uh, reservations and such. But, but yeah, I'm glad that Mike was, you know, took me up on my offer to go ahead and and explain and give us more details. It's good. Now I'm assuming that all those beers and those fridges and kegs and stuff all cost, you know, some money, right? I, I don't think they're complimentary to the, to the room cost, but still, I think that's right. Yeah. But it, I, I haven't been there, but I believe from talking to people, I think you're right on that. Okay. But, uh, but that was my, going to be my question to you, John. Um, so you haven't stayed at the dog house, but have you visited brew dogs? Um, facility since you've, you know, since they're right there close by? 
Yeah, I've been there uh, probably three times. I okay. think. Um, so I, I've been I've been to that uh, lobby bar mm-hmm. that he's referring to. I mean, it's just right off the main tap room. There, they got a big open green space. You can walk around uh, there's some paths and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, we actually there was a uh, industry meeting there. Uh, we had like our craft beer association was doing a meeting there. Uh, and we were going to do this big tour of the brew facility and everything. And then uh, storms rolled through, knocked out the power. And oh, like boy. it wasn't going to come back on for a long time. Oh, so no. it was just like called off. It's like, well, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so sometime I'll get back and get through, through the real thing. But yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, Mark Church and his wife Heidi stayed there. Um, and they get to do a tour of the brew, brewery and everything mm-hmm. as well. So. Uh, no, they, they enjoyed going through it. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. So, so you got to meet Mike. I'm glad that you, uh, you were able to come out from behind that brew kettle and, uh, and say hi for a few minutes and he, he got to try your beers and, and he's a, he's also a fan of that vanilla stout, you know, I mean, who isn't a fan of that beer, right? Yeah. I, I was happy I got out there. I almost missed him. He was, he was about getting ready to leave when I finally was able to escape the brewery for a minute. Uh, um, but, uh, did, it was nice to, uh, you know, put a face to the name and, and say hi. So yeah. I appreciate him stopping in. Yeah, that was nice. So thank you, Mike, for, for stopping in, saying hi to John, trying his beers, enjoying his beers and the food. I guess you had lunch there too, which is nice. Uh, I know that, that, uh, Matt, Matt had some, some good things to say about the food. He says that you guys really have some good quality uh, food that you guys are serving up. So you're doing it right, John. Just want to let you know, in case you didn't know. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I, I was aware and proud. Okay, so. good, good. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, if any of our listeners out there want to be like Mike and leave us a voicemail, you can do that very, very easily. Just call us at 208-536-3359. Or if it's easier for you to remember, 208 208- Five three oddly, and just go ahead and leave us uh, some info, you know, a review, uh, some questions, or just let us know about your craft beer adventures. All right, this uh, this episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters, like Mr. Mike Allen, who is one of our virtual producers, and Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, uh, Johan Halberg, Tara Carlson, Chad Lamasa, and as as John already mentioned, Mark Church. Uh, who, you know, they just want to buy us a virtual beer, which, way hey, we really appreciate that. And, of course, you can enjoy the content. If you enjoy the content we provide, we invite you to support the show by either toasting your host or buying us a virtual beer or even be like Mike and become a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. All right. And just a reminder, we do have a new website. Uh, I, I, I was working on putting together some new content for it, but my computer crashed and, uh, it just happened to, to not save what I was working on. So it'll come, but you know, go visit our website. It's where you can find our shows. You can find the different feeds we have for different services. We have some YouTube videos that we're posting on YouTube that you can find there and you'll, we'll be adding some more content, you know, as especially wintertime. It's a lot easier to add winter or contact tent when you're not out there having fun in the sun during summertime. So visit our website at taptocraft.com. We also had a little bit of f- uh, feedback from the last episode. And uh, this, this goes into uh, to the old uh, 
you know, usually my co-hosts are correct and Denny is incorrect uh, category here. So, Chris, since you uh, are the one that was correct on this, you want to read uh, Johan's uh, message from us? Certainly. John's here to help me with German. (laughs) (laughs) He's Swedish. You know that I leave people to twist in the wind. Come on. (laughs) All right. Johan Halberg wrote us an email and had this to say. He just listened to the last show, which was episode 162, and you mentioned Omnipoyo of Sweden. They are indeed a gypsy brewery Mm. and have brewed with Yep. Dudges. I don't know. Dudges out of Sweden. Dudges. Dugs. Whatever you want to call it. Look forward to an email on this one. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Buxton Brewery out of the UK. This one's even better. De Brewery. (laughs) The Professor Uh, Brewery. Oh, okay. Prof Brewery. You could have just wrote that in English. (laughs) (laughs) Out of Belgium. Among others, they, uh, Omnipoyo, recently bought a microbrewery in Stockholm, Sweden. It's quite small, though, so main focus will be test batches and supplying the on-site brew pub, I guess. Thanks again for the quality content. Cheers. Yeah. So, Chris, you, just like John, you're always right. It's okay. Can you tell Megan that? Yeah, I will. I will. Just bring her on. I'll tell her that you're right. I shouldn't have even questioned you, but you know what? You handled it really well because I was pretty sure that they weren't a gypsy brewery. And, uh, you, you know, John would have just said, he would have stuck by his thing and said, no, you're wrong. And we're going to fight it out right now. But it's okay. You're a nice guy. I would have real time fact checked you, you know, (laughs) put it up on all social media. Uh, That's true. That's true. (laughs) You were Denny said. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, I'm embarrassed to even be a part of this. Yeah, I know. This, this <laughs> ricky-ticky uh, outfit, I know. This, this podcast thingy. Yeah. Yeah. Thingies. yeah, whatever you do here. Whatever <laughs> this thing is, it's so unprofessional. But, uh, but hey, if you would like to contact your show to, to show us, that, tell us that we're wrong, you can do that very easily. Just send your comments, questions, or crit- critiques to, uh, to us through email at tapthecraft.com. Wait, at and tap the subject, the yeah, tap. <laughs> and in the subject, make sure you write Denny is wrong. Denny is wrong. Yeah. Tap <laughs> at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram. Just follow us at tap the craft. And of course, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tap the craft and our website tap There's so many places where we can tell you you're wrong now. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. All right, well, let's continue the conversation because now it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to Untap. So, Chris, I know you got it all ready, so why don't you go ahead and let us know what our listeners are drinking. All right, so we're going to start off with a couple of really good beers. Um, Well, at least this first one just sounds really good. It's from Tom Byrne. He's drinking a Monster Cookie by Heretic Brewing Company. Mm. And he says, another one from the backlog. I don't... I don't know if I would consider this the, if I would, you're right. It's just rookie show. John. <laughs> I don't know if I would consider the finish dry, but it wasn't overly sweet. Uh, I gave it four cap rating on that beer. What, what style uh, was it? The monster cookie. I'm going to imagine it's some kind of stout. Oatmeal uh, stout or something like a barley oatmeal. wine. Oh, I was so glad to be wrong on that wow. one. Okay. Hashtag Denny's wrong. Hashtag Russ I need to. Exist. I need to find that. I need to find that because I'm a, you know, you know, I love my barley wines and I do love Heretic. So sounds like something I need to try. So yeah, you might want to get a hold of this. There, the uh, the description on on tap. Monster Cookie is an eleven and a half percent 
chocolate chip cookie barley wine made with real chocolate chip cookies. This, <laughs> all right, yeah, this is right up your alley with sweet things. Yeah, maybe I, uh, maybe I, this is this this is not a true barley wine. I don't think so. Maybe I'll pass on this one. Well, yeah, it's marked as barley wine other. Okay, so it's probably probably one of those delicious uh, American barley wines. Mm. Yeah, nice mm. bitter chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, <laughs> bitter chocolate, yeah. dark chocolate. <laughs> So we we won't get any get much further into that, but you know what? I give it a try. Yeah, um, I'll take hell, a taste chocolate, of it. Yeah, chocolate chip cookies and barley wine. Why not? Um, next on the list is JC. Uh, he's drinking lunch by Maine Beer Company, which I do really like that beer, which he purchased at the Total Wine and More in Winston Salem. Hopefully, it wasn't super outdated. Um, gave it four and a quarter caps for that beer. Um, I really like the main beer stuff. Hmm. Um, John, you guys are getting that in Ohio, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're distributing here. Uh, I think, I think it's draft only. I at least I haven't seen much bottles if they are making okay. it here, but I have seen it on on draft. So. Yeah, I know it's always just kind of a nice sought-after brewery as far as beers go. I always like them when we can grab them here, too. Mm. Uh, Mr. Kevin Page, and I'll let you guys guess. This could be two two breweries specifically. It's either going to be Arcane or Burial. burial. Yeah, all he drinks is Burial <laughs> or Arcane. This, one, yeah, that's it. this one's going to be Arcane. Kevin, you got to find, well, other than Ellipsis, you got to find some other breweries around your house, pal. Because all these beers you've been checking into, no, no, he, all just... he sent me his order from Burial. Oh, and it, okay. And it was twenty-five bottles or cans, and it was ended up being like hundred and eighty dollars, including shipping. <laughs> that, that's not bad. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, that's a. Uh, I mean, if you have if if you average it out, it was still under eight dollars per beer, and most mm-hmm. of them were sixteen ounce cans, and there okay. was there was a twenty-two ounce bottle that was twenty dollars so that was a big okay uh, a big chunk yeah there's a lot of breweries now that are you can definitely go in and just have them ship stuff to you Mm -hmm. which is which is nice especially from a place like burial um anyway he writes even though still a hefty 7.5 percent this drinks much lighter than what we're used to these days as evidenced by the color you guys have to follow him to see the color. Uh, it's tasty, but not your typical juice bomb. I appreciate the change of pace. Four and a quarter caps for mm. this beer. Uh, question of who and why is the name of the beer that he's drinking from Burial, which is a American IPA. Let's see. Jeff Seiler. I almost pulled this beer out to drink on the show. Oh. Um, and Denny, this beer might be coming to you in the mail. Oh. Um, he's drinking a spreadsheets and deadlines by dissolver, which is a collaboration with corporate ladder brewing right here in Florida. Oh, it's a, uh, he writes hazy IPA collaboration with corporate ladder brewing tropical citrus, dank and creamy, really nice, uh, four and a quarter caps for that beer. And he's drinking it out of a B cup. There we go. Which I'm drinking my beer out of a B cup. By the Um, pool. But yeah, so that one might be showing up at your house. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Um, next on the list, let's see. Mike Allen is drinking also a burial beer. Wait a minute. He must be back home. Drinking, wait, are they drinking the same beer? Oh, no. Um, Mike is drinking an Until There Is No Longer, 
by Burial Beer Company. He writes, these guys continue to impress the hell out of me. Mm. Great mouthfeel and citrus notes from here to Mars. Citra all the way. Mm. It's a hell of a line. I like that. From here to Mars. All right. Next on the list, Johan. Oh, geez. I'm like skipping through here. Uh, seven or seven, uh, four and a quarter. I okay. broke the app. <laughs> <laughs> now, somebody recently, when I was looking at the uh, check-ins on the app, the ratings that they were giving were like three point three zero. Yeah, if you if you are a supporter, you pay the the fee or whatever to be a supporter, then you can have fractional hmm. uh, check-ins. Me. Yeah. All right. Well, I saw the three point three zero, and it was an Ohio beer, so I thought maybe that was like a a thing because the area code in Ohio where we lived was three three zero. Oh. But no, now you've ruined it for me. So I thought it was something mm-hmm. fun. Anyway, uh, Johan Halberg is drinking a breakfast stout by Al Scoot Farm and Brewery. Um, and he writes, lovely oatmeal stout, creamy and thick, just the way I like them. Uh, lots of chocolate and really nice coffee flavor. I've had this many times before, but never as smooth as this one. Maybe some change in the recipe. Batch 203 gave that one four, four caps. Um, and that's a nano brewery in Sweden, according to the untapped. And we're going to have to continue his check in streak. Chad Lamasa is drinking a Larry's latest IPA by Bell's brewery, uh, three and a half caps on that, but I did want to just continue his check in streak. <laughs> no notes on that one. Um, Actually, I should have just read this one because I think I've got this one coming soon too. Chad is drinking also a refuse ghost 899 by adroit theory mm. another crappy day at a job i despise at least i have this awesome beer to make the night better four and a quarter caps for that beer and that's um that's through that series of beers that has kind of like the gi joe characters okay. on it too which yeah. is which is pretty cool um let's see next on the list is going to be come on refresh here Oh, geez. That's a lot of people drinking right now. William Schlemmer <laughs> is drinking a Barbarian Haze by Three Floyds Brewing Company at the State Street Station. And he says, not quite up to Three Floyds normal standard. Uh-oh. Good, but not great. What style three is that? And a, three and a half caps. The Barbarian Haze. It's a hazy IPA. Oh, okay. Um, Matt Knight is drinking a Genesee Specialty Dry Hopped Cream Ale pre-gaming before recording a podcast. Oh, three and three quarter caps. For him. That was about an hour ago, so that's always good too. The um, let's see, and the last one we get to read, Kevin Argauer oh. is drinking a Cream Sickle by New Trail Brewing Company, and still checking in at that Untapped at Home. Mm-hmm. Four and a half caps for that beer. Yeah. Yeah, well, Kevin no, no. likes to rate things high, which is okay. He 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 rates it by his enjoyment, not he by does. His style. Yeah, if he enjoys it, he <laughs> just gives it a five. It's, which is okay. I'm okay. However, people want to do it, it's good. I mean, I wish John. Yeah, you sound okay about it. I'm <laughs> okay with it. I'm okay with it. And, but you know what? I am getting a lot. I'm hearing a lot more people that kind of you know rate beers like I do. Right? It's like if if they're expecting the style to be that style they want it to taste like that style somewhat right and so they're rating it based on how they're enjoying the beer as a style that it's uh, made after so 
I'm I'm spreading the the love of mm-hmm. of, of style. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> all right well hey long hard fight yeah there's some great beers in there a good variety from all over the country so that's good we got a lot of uh, and the world because we had johan in there too so that's good all right well now it's time for the brew buzz and the brew buzz is devoted to discussing various beer related topics and this week as we already mentioned we're going to talk about the great american beer festival 2020 version and this version is actually called the virtual Great American Beer Fest, an entirely new GABF experience. That's a little, you know, slogan from the uh, Brewers Association. And due to the global health pandemic, this is uh, this is what the Brewers Association is saying about the Great American Beer Festival this year. Uh, we won't be able to gather in person in Denver this fall and celebrate the wonderful world of craft beer together. Well, we couldn't imagine a year without. GABF. So this year we're not going to meet in or we're not only going to meet in spirit but virtually and locally as we brew night and bring the 39th annual Great American Beer Festival to you through a nationwide passport program for a nominal $20 fee. Uh so this is where I start to ask questions about to John because John you know, you've gone to Great American Beer Festival before, uh, at least once, right? Once or twice or just once? Once, yeah. Once. And so you know about, you know, all the activities and stuff that goes on and and also maybe the pain of getting there and the pain of staying in hotels. You know, maybe there's some pain involved too. So what do you think about this virtual passport program they were doing? And and did you participate in the passport? Uh, We did not. You did not participate? Um, okay. Yeah, we uh it was also a fee for us to participate oh. in the uh program and basically you it would pay a fee and then also give discounts or whatever yeah. to people in the program. Yeah, so it's a um, double loss. And it's a tough ask when we're just trying to pay the bills yeah. and you know we they also had like virtual booths and like you could zoom and talk to people and stuff like that but we're also I mean we're just spread thin. Yeah. So we don't have the people to like do that and, you know, or offer that kind of thing to people that are joining in. So, um, yeah, we decided to, to not do that. Um, but, uh, you know, you gotta try something to to get people together. I mean, this is a huge, huge revenue loss Mm -hmm. for, um, the Brewer Association. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a very large chunk of their funding for the year. Um, so, you know, trying to put something together for, you know, people that want to, want to hop in and, you know, uh, I do, I do think the, you know, pulling people together to, I think you could talk to, you know, different brewers and stuff like that. I think that would have been fun Mm -hmm. uh, for me if I was looking to do it. Like I would have made sure that's something I could have participated in if I was going to buy in, um, to, to stuff, but, uh, um, yeah, it's it's tough right now to do anything like this, especially on a national stage. Yeah. Like, um, but I I hope it went well for everybody that that hopped in. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, there was some of the 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 breweries here locally were participating in the passport program where they'd have special things going on at different times. But um, I don't know. I I didn't feel the draw. I mean, 
honestly, $20 is not a lot for the consumer to be able to participate in some of the virtual gatherings they were doing. But I, I don't know. I just, I just didn't feel it. And I, I didn't, uh, I didn't buy a passport or uh, participate in any of the activities. Um, but let's talk about this passport a little bit. So it says with something for every beer lover or beer curious viewer, the Great American Beer Festival's online programming features nine 30 minute sessions with some of the best known and rising stars in brewing. The sessions will cut, or I guess I'll say the sessions did cover a variety of topics that included tips and tricks to enhanced beer knowledge and enjoyment. They had some lager lore and sudsy stories from craft beer luminaries, profiles of breweries and individuals that are transforming their communities one beer at a time, and flavor fusions through beer and food pairings to tantalize the taste buds. So those are some of the the uh, nine 30-minute sessions you could have you know viewed if you would have bought this $20 uh, ticket. Uh, let's see, it aired on October 16th and 17th, uh, on the Brewing Network, the, the Great American Beer Festival partnered up with the Brewing Network uh, to provide their online content. And yeah, they uh, they do. They've announced the or had the uh, virtual broadcast for the awards ceremonies for probably ten years now. Oh, okay. okay. So, so they they've been partnering with them for online stuff for a while. Okay, okay. Well, it, talking about the award festival, that was the first thing that kind of started off the festival this year. Was the the awards on Friday night? Uh, I think it occurred at 5 p.m. Mountain Time and uh, lasted a couple hours. And uh, they did kind of uh, – did you did you by any chance watch the awards or uh, – No. No? Okay. Um, 5 p.m. Mountain Time, we were in the middle of having a band, and I was in the kitchen <laughs> some food because we're short-staffed right okay. now. So. Okay, yeah. So you weren't uh, – you were going to wait till the next day and go to the, the site and check out the winning. So – so here's uh here's something that uh, you know we had we had asked you you know a year ago maybe maybe a year and a half ago we said hey what's your what's your plan for entering into the Great American Beer Festival at that time you said you know what right now I am focused on trying to make the brewery successful and to hone my brewing and, and you know with this new system and to try to get you know get the things going so I feel comfortable uh you know with this new business. So you didn't really have any your sights on submitting any beers to the the competition. Now, yeah, I think at that time we were still just trying to have beer available in yeah. our tap room, let alone for people in Colorado. True, so. true. So, <laughs> so it changed though, and you actually submitted at, at least one beer, if not a couple beers. You want to talk about, uh, you know, what beers you submitted to the competition this year, and why? Why did you decide to to you know, pick this year as a year to uh, submit beers. Yeah, we can do that. The wound's still fresh. It's fine. <laughs> poke at it. Um, no, we uh, we submitted three beers this year. Um, so we sent in our cream ale, our red ale, and our pale ale. Okay. Um, and this is something that we're trying to do now every year. It's something we've wanted to, we wanted to do from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just getting everything off the ground. You know, just took a lot longer than than we yeah. expected yeah. um and so we uh we didn't win anything spoilers you know for anybody not paying attention to that stuff but 
uh, we'll be getting feedback from judges yeah. Yeah. Um, by the end of the month. Um, so we'll at least know why, why they hate me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, no. Um, but, uh, no, I think it's, it's a fun thing to do. Um, that's, you know, also, you know, if you win, that's awesome, uh, stuff you can use for marketing and all that mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. but, uh, also just kind of, uh, I don't know, doing, doing competition is fun. I, I enjoy doing it as a home brewer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't always win, especially on, Hey, uh, uh, competition of the scale, yeah, you know, yeah. thousands of entries yeah. and, and everything. Um, but, uh, getting the feedback, uh, is always good. And, you know, the people they have judging here, uh, are, you know, really well respected for their palates. I mean, you, you're invited like to, to do this and mm-hmm. not anybody can just sign up and, and do it like on the homebrew level. Yeah. Okay. We'll take any warm body that can yeah. write, yeah. you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I am looking forward to getting the feedback. I know it's it's not as detailed as like a homebrew competition. They have a short form, um, uh, kind of um, judging form, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a lot more scaled back, but you know, hopefully we'll get some good insight on on our stuff. Yeah, and, uh, I'm sure everything said this was fourth place. Yeah, I'm sorry, it was just it was yeah. so close. Yeah, you know? no, that's. Well, I mean, so so here's the question. Uh, that that I'm really curious about because it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. Now you submitted a cream ale, a red ale, and an a pale ale. Now did mm-hmm. you submit those all into those categories? Those were the beer styles that you brewed it for those styles. Did you submit to the, those same styles in the competition? They all went to IPA because <laughs> um, we just want to change the name because everything sells better. Yeah. Um, no, they they all went into their respective okay. categories. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, so, so you submitted I, the cream ale to the cream ale category, not to the Kolsch category. Right. Um, but yeah, when I was flipping through, uh, you know, I, I assume since my phone didn't blow up while I was in the kitchen that we didn't win anything. <laughs> um, but when I was looking through later that night, I, I was noticing what you were talking about with uh, some beers that were the style that we entered, you know, in some other categories. And I was like, well, I guess that's a mental note, you know, <laughs> for next time. Um, but you know, we've talked before about GABF. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the, the brew association categories are so expansive Yeah, for the reason that one, they just need to split things up so that's manageable from a judging perspective. Uh, but two, it's a marketing event. Yeah. So, you know, if they can spread the love to all these folks, uh, that can, can put that they want to medal, you know, so that's why we have, you know, three payload categories. Yeah. And yeah. there were, I could legitimately have entered my red ale into three categories, um, without it being like a, you know, cream ale into a Kolsch kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Or, a, yeah. Or, a uh, yeah. What's the, there's another one that, uh, yeah, I can't think of it, but there's one that keeps winning here in Idaho for, for being submitted into a, a category, like a logger category. I'm like, wait a minute. Why? This is not a lager. It's a, you know, cream ale or whatever. Some some ridiculous some ridiculous thing. But well, but, but the uh, thing for that is, uh, you know, for for homebrew competition, you're always told enter it as it tastes, not as it was brewed. You know, um, okay. so if it tastes that way, and that's where you can win, okay, then yeah. do it. So yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it is what it is. But now I have a a little deeper question for you. 
you mentioned that, you know, winning a medal or an award at the Great American Beer Festival can help, you know, boost up your you know, you, you marketing, right? You can market that, hey, I've got a, a medal here or whatever. Do you feel that now, I mean, maybe back five, 10 years ago, that was more important that, you know, you, you got more from it back then. Now that there's, you know, 8,000 breweries in the States and you we're finding that a lot of these small little breweries that nobody's heard of is winning medals. Do you think it's really boosting their, you know, they're they're making gains on advertising and, and marketing because they had a, you know, a bronze medal or silver medal in a category of a beer that is probably obscure because they entered it into something that they might have a chance to win. Is that really helping? You think it's gonna it's gonna boost it this time, or is it maybe kind of? Yes, you, yes, I do. You do think so? Yes, because if if I'm here, mm-hmm. you know, outside Columbus, and I win a medal, that's going to make it into local media, you know, as well as what we're doing. Yeah. So it is going to raise awareness locally for us. And even if it, that beer in particular, uh, you know, isn't what somebody wants, but they say, hey, well, hey, they want a medal. So the other stuff, you know, is probably good too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I do think, and especially, you know, yeah, there's like 8,000 breweries, but they still only give out like 200 medals. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it is still, you know, uh, something that's, you know, exclusive, Okay. I guess. Okay, well, good, good. I um, I mean, I, I'm assuming you're still in the, you're still a, a member of the Brewers Association. Yep. And you plan on keeping, becoming a member, being a member? Yep. Okay. I don't know, there's, uh, with this pandemic, uh, there's been some, some, you know, concern about uh, about the Brewers Association, about their strength, about you know the, the commitment to uh, you know every craft brewer, uh, and not just the craft brewers that are you know the ones that have the most amount of beer they're producing, that have the most money that are paying into it. You know, maybe they're they might have a little bit uh, more pull towards that because that's where their money is. Um, well, that's always been the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you feel really. that you still have a. Of you know your voice is still heard. Um, I don't know that I look at it as my voice being heard. I do have access to a ton of resources and, okay. and things that I I wouldn't otherwise. That's really more where I get my value right now okay. out of the Brew Association. Yeah. Um, you know their data and statistics were really helpful when we were doing our business plan mm-hmm. and and everything like that. Uh, continue to have access to educational stuff. Um you know, that's built into our membership. So, uh, yeah, for me, I, I still get value out of it. Okay. So. Well, good. That's all that matters. I, I'm just, I keep seeing, you know, articles about them letting go more and more people. It just seems like they're on like, uh, you know, they're, they're really struggling this year with this pandemic. Like you mentioned, they just had to do a virtual beer festival. That is their main resource for, for uh, revenue. And uh, that that that's got to hurt for the next year um, activities and such. Yeah, and I mean that we're having the same problem here with our Ohio Carpers Association. You know, we run festivals throughout the year mm-hmm. to to do revenue for that, and you know, none of that stuff's happening. Yeah. Um. So they're actually uh, 
in a couple of weeks, we'll be debuting um, this, a new pint glass uh, for Ohio Pint Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a fundraiser for the Crapper Association. Uh, they partnered with a um, glass, glass maker with this really awesome design uh, with a, an, a local artist. And then, you know, it's something that we as breweries can use to promote and market and sell and get some extra awareness uh, for us too. So um, that'll be, it's a really cool looking glass. Uh, we'll have stuff up for it uh, for next week. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. So that'll be nice. So it's, uh, so is there benefit? So you, so the consumer will purchase this glass with beer and then how does this work? Um, so the brewery can, it's like, we can choose however we want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like some people are like, you know, with purchase of, you know, couple pints or to go or, you know, whatever. Um, and for us, the, the funds raised for the OCBA are built into us buying the class. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so then, you know, we are basically find a way to at least cover that yeah. in the promotion kind of thing. Okay. Um, we are just selling the glass. We aren't tying it to other purchases. Um, but we're also, we're tying it to another, uh, charity as well that we're going to donate, um, proceeds from the glass as well. Okay. Uh, we're finalizing that right now. Um, but, uh, that's how we're going to, going to do it. Okay. What, I mean, can you say what the, uh, you know, cost of this glass will be to the consumer? Uh, I think it's going to be five bucks. Oh, wow. Wow. That's so. reasonable. So, I, so uh, you can have it on your website so I can buy one for it. <laughs> we, we can talk. Okay. We can talk. <laughs> no, I, um, so, uh, you know, here in Idaho, we have Idaho craft beer month, which is April. And because Idaho craft beer month landed right in the middle or right in the beginning of COVID, uh, they canceled our, our activities, which is, you know, which is a big, again, a big promotion of all the craft breweries in Idaho. And we have, we have Idaho pint glass day. And I've, you know, for every one, we've only been doing it for four years now. And every single, I've got all four glasses. I've, you know, I've had two of each. Sarah's broken a couple of them, but uh, I'm trying to keep at least one glass of each uh, year because each one is unique. And, uh, and I enjoy you know, going out and visiting the breweries and getting the glass and drinking and, and, uh, you know, just helping promote Idaho craft beer. So this year they may moved it to the first week of August and we had pint night. So that's, that was actually the first time that Sarah and I went out and visited a brewery, um, since this COVID started was to go get our pint glass. And then once we went out, we realized that man, you know, I knew I'd already missed this a lot, but I didn't realize how much I missed it and how much Sarah missed it. Just going out and and sitting outside, uh, you know, and drinking, you know, a beer cider, and just enjoying, just being out and uh, you know, enjoying it. So, uh, so yeah. Well, good. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, John. But you know what? You're our only good. commercial brewer that I can ask these tough questions to. So. <laughs> So that's why I did it. All right, Chris. So um, I'm going to have you go ahead. Uh, they, you know, as we mentioned, they had the awards night on Friday night, this last Friday night. And uh, th- I have a link to an article I'll put in the show notes so you guys can go and look at all the competition 
static uh, statistics and the winners or whatever. It's it's the winners of the 2020 Great American Beer Festival competition revealed during the first ever virtual ceremony. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and and uh, read through this little article? All right. The, the Brewers Association awarded 272 medals to 240 breweries across the country during the 2020 Great American Beer Festival competition awards ceremony. The best beers in 91 beer categories covering 170 different beer styles, including all subcategories, were awarded gold, silver, and bronze medals during a virtual ceremony hosted on the Brewing Network. Judges for the 34th edition of this celebrated competition evaluated 8,806 beer uh, entries from 1,720 breweries from all 50 states plus Washington, D.C., Socially distanced judging took place in 35 sessions over 18 days. Good Lord. <laughs> with, <laughs> with strict safety measures in place. The award ceremony was held virtually on Friday evening, kicking off the two-day online program portion, programming portion of the Great American Beer Festival. This year's GABF competition may have looked a little different, but the beers entered into the competition were as impressive and innovative as ever, said Chris Swersey, competition manager of the Great American Beer Festival. This has arguably been... I can't English today. This has arguably been one of the most challenging years breweries have ever faced. So we hope these awards serve as a symbol not only of brewery brewing excellence but also the resiliency of the craft brewing community as a whole. Yeah. So, um, you know, in reality, 1,700 breweries submitted. That's less than a quarter of the amount of breweries that are around. Mm -hmm. I didn't go back to, I wanted to go back. I ran out of time, but I wanted to go back and look at what was submitted last year. You know, I, I think there was more breweries last year, but I might be wrong. Do you, by any chance, John, do you remember how many breweries uh, submitted entries last year? No idea. Okay. Um, so here, last year, we've got some frequently asked questions. Oh, geez, that's not going to get us anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I mean, the attendance last year was about 60,000. Yeah. yeah. Um, to this year was not applicable. Um. Oh, crap, go back. Uh, but it did say, so this year, it said that there, well, at least from this, yeah, from greatamericanbeerfestival.com, it said that there were 1,100 breweries at the festival. Uh, last year, there were 800 breweries at the festival. Wait a minute. Oh, the virtual? These are virtual uh, breweries? Because there's no festival. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it just says the breweries at the festival. Okay, okay. Um, now the breweries in competition was seventeen twenty. Yeah. Uh, last year it was twenty two ninety five. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was more. So last year it was over a quarter of the the breweries, and this year it's below the quarter. So there was less breweries that actually submitted beers. Yeah. Um. um let's see. Would you say there was eight hundred and or 8,086 beers. 8806, yeah. 8806. Yeah. So I, I don't know if this if this is even completely accurate that I'm going off of. And this is because it's, I don't know, maybe there's just extra rows that are. Well, because these brewery can, they can, John, there's not a maximum amount of beers that a brewery can submit, right? They can submit as many as they want. 
as long as they pay. No, them. there's a limit. Oh, there is a limit. What's the limit? Do you yeah, know? it's a it's a floating limit based on number of entries. Um, so they basically try to give uh everybody that wants to get in to be able to get in. Okay. Um, and it uh levels the playing field a little bit for the like large brew of the year, small brew of the year, mm-hmm. so that you don't have somebody that had like twenty entries. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just taking it due to just having 20 entries. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I can't remember what it ended up being this year. Um, but it didn't impact us. W- whatever it was, we were at or under the limit. So, okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's look at, uh, you know, we, we already talked to some of the statistics. Let's go ahead and just rattle off these again. Uh, to, to just gives you guys a little bit of a, little um, cheat sheet here of what uh, the stats are. So it's the 34th edition of the competition. Uh, 8,806 beers were judged. 1,720 breweries in the competition, again, from all 50 states plus Washington, D.C. There were 115 judges from 21 states. Average number of competition beers entered in each category were 97. Category with the highest number of entries was the Juicy or Hazy IPA at 377. There were 272 total medals awarded. There was no bronze given to the gluten-free category. Now, I'm I'm not sure why they didn't give it. There was more than just two entries. (laughs) So I don't know why. John, do you know why they wouldn't give a a bronze medal in a category? Was it because there was too many ties? No, it would be because they don't feel anything's worthy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. So that's really um, And that's sometimes you'll see where they awarded a gold and then a bronze yeah. oh. or just a silver and a bronze because they, they're like, yeah, these are solid, but there's not something that like is good oh, enough. Oh, so not only do they have to be the best score, they have to be above a certain value to get that medal. Is that correct? Got to have a score of so much before you get the gold? Uh, I haven't seen the score sheets for GABF mm-hmm. uh, in a long time, so I can't remember exactly how they do it um, in terms of scoring. Okay. But uh, yeah, I know, I know that if they don't feel that something is uh, good enough, okay. then it it won't be included. Okay, because uh, you know they also they don't want to award something that then is out there that's not quality yeah either. yeah so. yeah okay good i'm glad that uh yeah that's good i didn't realize that it makes sense now now i understand a little bit better all right there was 240 metal winning breweries there were 337 first time gabf entrants and 19 first time gabf winners so that's nice it's good to see these uh these new winners all right the most entered style categories. These are the winners of the top five most entered categories. Go, Chris, go ahead and read the uh, the first one. Okay, so category number 58, the juicy, juicy, man. The juicy. <laughs> the juicy. Let me take a sip of this beer here. <laughs> that juicy. Is that a juicy uh, IPA you're drinking there? As a matter of fact, it is. <laughs> <clears throat> So the Juicy or Hazy India Pale Ale, which they received 377 entries for gold. The gold medal goes to Spellbinder. Uh, the Spellbinder is the beer from Ren House Brewing Company in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, the next beer is going to be the Yojo mm. from Moonraker Brewing Company out of Auburn, California. Okay. 
And the bronze is going to go to the Wicked Possum from uh, Metazoa Brewing Company in Stringtown Production Facility, Indianapolis, Indiana. Nice. Okay. I'll go ahead and read Category 57 with uh, the American Style IPA with 355 entries. Gold uh, is just called IPA. <laughs> I, hate, <laughs> I hate names that are so plain like that, but I guess you, that's just the... Uh, you know, it is what it is. An IPA from Perry Street Brewing out of Spokane, Washington. I, I haven't had any Perry Street Brewing. It must be a newer brewery. Have you heard of Perry Street Brewing before, John? No. No. Yeah, it must be pretty yeah, new. Yeah, usually, yeah, this kind of stuff, you hear all kinds of new yeah, places. Yeah. So. All right. The silver went to Updrift India Pale Ale from Pelican Brewing out of Tillamook, Oregon. Uh, the bronze went to Nothing Noble from Van uh, Ebert Brewing out of Pearl in Portland, Oregon, the Pearl District. Uh, so, wow, two two Oregon breweries there in the IPA. That's nice. Chris, why don't you go with category 39? Okay, the 39 is going to be the German-style Pilsner. Ooh. They had 200 entries in that category. The gold is going to go for the beer called Sprockets from Gravely Brewing Company in Louisville, Kentucky. Silver to the Prost Pills from Prost Brewing Company in Denver, Colorado. And the bronze... Denny, this is a name for you. Pills. Yeah. <laughs> From Kansas City Beer Company, Kansas City, Missouri. It needs to have a Z at the end there. It can't have the S. That's not, that's got to be gangster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, John, did you visit Prost when you were in Denver? No. No? Okay. Did, have you had the Prost pills? No. Okay. It seems like this is, uh, you know, I don't know. Prost Brewing is. I mean, I, I've heard good things about them. I've never had any of their beers, but I uh, I was just thinking they might be something that people have had a lot of, uh, especially if you go visit uh, the Great American Beer Festival. But I guess not. I was wrong. All right. Category 28, wood or barrel-aged strong stouts. 199 entries, just one shy of that uh, pills. The gold went to A Night to End All Dawns from Cane Brewing Company out of Ocean, New Jersey. Silver goes. That's a great name for a big stout, by the way. That's <laughs> a nice end all dons. Yeah. Yeah. That is nice. Uh, silver is Ruckus from Melvin Brewing. Uh, and, and of course, they're, <laughs> I find it funny that Tie Me Up, which is the Thai restaurant that, uh, they started out of, uh, in Jackson, Wyoming. Uh, I've had Ruckus. Well, that, uh, so that's a strategy to get more beers into GABF. Because you, if you have different facilities, oh, they can all they can all enter, enter in a number mm -hmm. of breweries. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, which uh, you know, if uh, we talked about our states, because some of us are proud about it, um, <laughs> you'd see that uh, Wolf's Ridge Brewing in Columbus, uh, they won one from their like tap room, and then one from their production facility. Oh, okay. Like, okay. So, well, they could be Trek Damons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Damon. And I'd be like, why do those have the same address? Yeah. No, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about All it. All right. Then the bronze went to Grasp of Oak from Mox Moxa Brewing out of Rockland, California. Uh, Grasp of I, I do like that. A night to end all dawns. That's that's a good one. All right, Chris. Why don't you finish right. off the last category? So category sixty, which is going to be the the juicy or hazy. Imperial IPA, okay. which had 192 entries. Man, that's that's not the one. That's not the category I want to get into. Mm -hmm. uh, the gold went to the Hopsplainer. Love it uh, from 
Yeah, from Burt Gilman Brewing Company out of Seattle, Washington. Uh, the silver went to Not a Scientist from Cloudburst in Seattle, Washington. Wow. And bronze goes to uh, Sugar on My Tongue from Highland Park Brewery, Los Angeles, California. Yeah, yeah it's good to see Cloudburst uh, still, you know, brewing some great beers and uh, winning awards. I know, John, you're a big fan of Cloudburst yourself, right? Yep. Yeah, me too. Uh, Really enjoyed that brewery. All right. Now let's talk about the most meddled breweries. These are the most medals won by an individual breweries. And this includes, I'll read the first one here, Sun King Brewery out of Indianapolis, Indiana. They won four medals, a gold for their afternoon delight, which won the uh, the wood and barrel aged beer. Uh, they have a bronze. Next, next three are bronze medals. They had a bronze for the Cherry Busey. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, I love puns. You know, I love these play on uh, names. It's a fruited wood and barrel aged sour beer. Yeah. Uh, Gary Busey would be- definitely be a sour beer, I, I feel. Uh, the Pachanga, which is light lager, and the Sunlight Cream Ale. Oh, there's the Cream Ale there. Yeah, that, that's who took it oh, from Oh, but he, got, he entered into no, Golden it in the Golden Blonde. Blonde. Yeah. Oh, that was one of the ones I noticed. Yeah. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so there you good. go. So you, next time, maybe you got to go to that Blonde Ale. Uh, that might yeah. help. All right, Chris, why don't you read the next one? All right, so Cannonball Creek Brewing Company from Golden, Colorado. They took three medals. They took a gold and two bronze. Their gold was for their featherweight pale ale, which was category 53 of the American-style pale ale. They took a bronze for Vladimir yes, Bruton. Love oh, it. no, Denny. <laughs> I love it. When I read, no. I read that uh, when I was putting this together, and I was like, oh, my God. I'm not a big Brute fan, but. Well, that's that's what but the uh, name is awesome. <laughs> yeah, the, the the name is definitely fantastic, um, and it is def is definitely a brute IPA. Um, Vladimir Bruton in the experimental IPA category, and second bronze was I like this one too. Let's talk about Mex baby um, <laughs> category thirty seven in the American style cream ale. There it is, yeah. John. That's yeah, thanks for including this on the schedule. I appreciate it. <laughs> anything that says cream ale on it oh that was your medal i just hope that they you know take advantage of this be like the winningest brewery from golden colorado at the Mm. 2020 you know Mm. gps (laughs) i gotta throw it out there i also like denny that you were calling this the uh the 2020 version yeah i think that could apply to a lot of things this year (laughs) that's true Uh, that's true it's, it, don't worry about it. It's the 2020 version. Okay. You really don't want to get into that. That's true. Right? All right. All right. Another brewery here from Washington, Chuckanut Brewery, uh, made for, you know, a, a lager brewery from. I love this brewery. Yeah. And, and I haven't visited Chuckanut yet. I, I need to go to Washington and go visit just because um, this is from the, the brewery that started my craft beer love from Thomas Kemper. Uh, brewing that's you know defunct now but they made some fantastic lagers and beers back in the early 90s and you know now he's um you know making beers award-winning beers year after year at chuckanut brewery so uh i need to go visit just bring back some old memories of of my time you know back then so gold went to chuckanut mybach from the bach category he got a silver from the chuck a butt chuck chuck a butt chuck a nut chuck light which is a light lager and a bronze from the chuck a nut rye which was a rye beer category so i mean he's pretty uh you know he just calls it like it is right uh chuck a nut and whatever the, the beer is 
<laughs> is that acceptable, Denny? Uh, no, I like the fun names. <laughs> I want Vladimir Bruton, even though I hate the style. Dance for me, clown. <laughs> I want names like that. That's what I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, but you should be like pumping up them and their names because if you're talking about sticking to a style yeah. and crushing a style, yeah. they do that. That's true. In every single one of their no, beers. no, yeah, no, no, they do, they do. They don't need to have fancy names. They just, they just nail it. Okay, Chris, finish us off. All right. So the Rip Beer Company out of Huntington Beach, California, took three medals, a gold and two silvers. Their gold was for their tangible passion in the category of Belgian-style specialty ale. And the sil- one silver was the Rizzo, which was in category 10, which is the coffee stout or porter, and Black the Ripper, category 69, in the American-style black ale or American-style stout. Nice. Wow. Awesome. Black the Ripper. I like that one, too. If you go through the list, Denny, of the, uh, the medal winners, just kind of s- search it through... All of them. Mm-hmm. There's some really good names oh, in yeah. there. I, yeah, I, I went through. I spent uh, a good hour going through the the different lists, um, and I saw some names that really made me put a smile on my face. So, oh yeah. Well, just, uh, uh, let's talk about Mex. Was on the the very first page that I saw, and I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I got to read it. So. <laughs> All right. Well, there was 23 individual breweries that won two medals. And 213 individual breweries that won a single medal. So there you go. That is the Great American Beer Festival 2020, the virtual GABF. Anything else you guys want to say? I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to go over our, normally we'd go over different states, but, you know, I didn't want to do that because Idaho didn't win any awards. I don't know if they submitted any beers, but they didn't win anything. I, I do know that uh, Ohio had eight breweries. Uh, you know, Fatheads is always that's one of those breweries that has multiple, you know, sites they that they uh, they send in beers from d- different places. But now I think Fatheads is kind of like they've kind of, you know, they're no longer in Portland. I don't think that they kind of like brought back in their their rain, I think, mainly into Ohio now. Is that correct, John? Is it? Uh, so the Portland was a franchise, oh. so that wasn't really run by them. Oh, okay. uh, they franchised everything to that location, okay. and that yeah, that's no longer a fads. I think it has new life as something else okay. um, out there. Uh, they still have their Pittsburgh location, I believe, okay. um, and they've got a new uh, like production facility that you you see from uh, I seventy one as you head up towards Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, off the highway, but, uh, no, they're, they're still doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I, it was surprising. Like, it's weird when they win a medal and you're like, just one. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you one. Know, Cause yeah. they, they usually, uh, or have a, have a bunch, but yeah, eight medals to Ohio. Uh, like I mentioned two to Wolf's Ridge and then I think everybody else was a single, yeah. single medal. So, yeah, I know that when, when, uh, you had taught, when you first got back to, uh, Ohio, you mentioned Wolf's Ridge as, as one of the places you visited and really enjoyed uh, the brewery experience and the, the beer. So that's nice. I'm doing some good stuff. Okay, well, let's move on um, quickly into our new and noteworthy beer. John, is there any beers that you just have to uh, let our listeners know that you, they got to try besides your own Trek beers? 
Oh, um, <laughs> then no, <laughs> I, I don't drink a whole lot of other stuff right now. Um, but I did, uh, my, my brother came back from vacation and brought me a, uh, IPA slamper pack from, uh, Foothills Brewing. Okay. Uh, out in Asheville. Oh. And, uh, I did enjoy their, uh, Jade IPA and their Hopium IPA. I really enjoyed out of that pack. So, okay. um, that was, those were really nice, but, I, uh, yeah, I'm otherwise I, I get up, I go to the brewery and I come home from the brewery. I go to sleep and then I start all over. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so I will eventually get out and, um, get beers again, I guess. Okay. So, all right. Well, that's okay. Hey, you, you, you suggested a few from Asheville. That's good. What something to keep in mind for our listeners. If you're visiting Asheville, to try out some foothills. Um, why don't you talk about your new and worthy beers, Chris? Yeah, let's talk about a couple of them. So I had, uh, had the opportunity to try out a handful of new things. Um, but the first thing I want to talk about is a local beer here from Hidden Springs Aleworks mm-hmm. called Glow Up, which if you read the label, it's a I have no idea what this is until I looked it up either. A hummingbird cake inspired uh, sour ale with banana, pineapple, nuts, and milk sugar. And I was like, okay, well, what what the hell is a hummingbird cake? Um, And from what I can see, it's, um, you know, it's, let's see, we'll get in here. There's different fruits in it, like bananas and pineapples, and it's a really dense cake. Um, It's kind of a southern thing, at least from what I'm understanding. So, you know, Florida, it's uh, the further south you go in Florida, the more northern it becomes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wasn't really too sure what the hell a a hummingbird cake was. But um, when we went to go pick up our uh, best dog trainer in Tampa plaque the other day, it's right next to Hidden Springs. I have to go in there and go get something. That's only fair. I was there for that. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, I even looked up a Florida zip code so it wouldn't be weird. Oh, you're the best. <laughs> yeah, I just did that for my buddy Gary in uh, in Frederick, Maryland. And uh, I put in my old zip code from when I lived in Pasadena. So, <laughs> yeah, it's um, but yeah, Hidden Springs was right next door. So I went in and bought like, you know, one of everything, one of each of like six different beers. And you know what? Take them home to try them. And this was one of them. Um, and the it was really kind of interesting because banana flavor in a beer can sometimes be kind of too, too much artificial yeah. and it can be too sweet mm-hmm. and kind of over the top. Um, I don't know if, if it was the flavor. If I don't know if they actually use bananas or not, I doubt it. But um, I'm guessing it was it's, very. I'm guessing it's the yeast, right, John? I I mean, is there anything? What, what would give off bananas that wouldn't be too artificial? Um, there's some surprisingly high quality extracts for a lot of stuff yeah. now. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, otherwise it'd be yeast. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and you could definitely tell it was, you know, it's not like biting into a banana, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, it was definitely a lot. I guess it was more subtle. It was a lot easier to handle. It wasn't like banana laffy taffy, which by the way is awesome. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> It w- it was nice because there was the there was like a banana and pineapple 
uh, flavors in there and then sweeten it up with with the lactose. But then also it being kind of that Berliner base and it balanced out really well. But it was it was creamy. Um, and I guess if you were to kind of look at some recipes for a cake, I could see biting into a cake and it kind of tasting mm-hmm. like that minus the whole sour part. Yeah. Um, but it gave that one four and a half caps. Um, second one on my list is from Abnormal Beer Company, which was their Mango Wango, which ah. according to them is their Hazy Dreams uh, IPA treated with mango, pineapple, and passion fruit. Mm. And it was certainly good. That was a parking lot beer that I had <laughs> when we were in Orlando a couple, uh, last week. And um, it was actually the first beer that I had when I was there. Oh. So so we poured that into a couple of B cups because if you're drinking out in the parking lot. You don't want to actually don't be break. Yeah. Well, I mean, we also drank everything out of cans, too. We were being responsible. But, um, yeah, I gave that one a four-cap rating. Uh, it was a very good beer great beer to kind of kick off the week with with dog training peeps and the second or the third one is going to be a beer from urban south brewery which is in new orleans and megan had actually brought me um this holy roller beer before when she was uh in new orleans but there are a couple of variations of it now that i didn't know existed this one was the holy roller double dry hop with um denali hops mm. and it was just a super simple beer um the beer that i had, had prior to this holy roller is just a hazy juicy ipa um and it wasn't it was just kind of their normal beer i believe this is like a flagship for them and it was a lot just it, it again it probably had something to do with us hanging out in the parking lot and enjoying the beer but it was it was just good it was a good simple just juicy ipa um i'll admit i don't remember specifically uh everything that was going on with it but just the fact that i liked it yeah. and uh yeah but i uh, gave that one four caps for that check-in denny what about you all right what's uh what's on your new and note yeah, list i have three beers i'll talk really quickly about um, the first one um, is going to be a five cap rating, uh, and it's you know it's interesting because it's a it's a fresh hop beer. It's it's fresh hop season right now in our area. Now, keep in mind, Idaho is you know is a pretty big hop producer, so we get a lot of fresh hop beers that are, our brewers, you know, local brewers produce with. So I've been trying a lot of different fresh hop beers. Some are good, some are okay. Um, uh, of course, this beer is not local. This is actually from Bend, but um, it's from Crux Fermentation Project out of Bend, Oregon. And it's their Sabro Fresh Hop New England IPA. And I wrote on Untapped, I said, wow, wet hop Sabro is the perfect hop for hazy beers. So much flavor, yet the dank is subdued and is just the right amount to make it stand out. The perfect wet hop beer, in my opinion. And this this wet hop beer is not the typical wet hop, thanky, you know, beer that you would you would think you'd be getting. This one is, I don't know, it's it's just got some great flavor. And those Sabro hops just come out in, in spades. And it, it kind of gives me like an after uh, feeling and a flavor of like uh, after you drink some some lemonade. Uh, it's not like the, the bitter or the, the, the sour sweetness it's like the after effect the tingliness of that type of uh uh you know zippiness or whatever of it and i don't know i really like this one 
I liked it so much that I, you know, I gave it a five cap rating. So that's my first one. The next one is a beer uh, brought to me from the next two actually are beers that were brought to me from my buddy Alex from Israel. So these are two Israeli uh, craft beers. The first one is from Shapiro. Uh, it's a, it's called Lager Slager. It's a Hellas Lager. And what I wrote on here, I said, really good and refreshing lager, a bit of bread dough, maltiness up front with a touch of sweetness and finishing with a bit of spiciness from the hops. Overall, very tasty. And I gave it a four cap rating. And the last beer also, again, from Israel is from Chevette uh, Brewery. And it's the Iceman Hellas Lager. I said, this is a nice, light, bready malt with a touch of noble hops and a very refreshing, well-done Hellas Lager. Gave that one also a four-cap rating. So a couple of lagers, lager schlager. <laughs> and, hmm. uh, you know, actually both these were Hellas Lager styles. And I'm a sucker for a good Hellas Lager. So um, it's no wonder that I enjoyed both those. And, of course, uh, a fresh hop New England IPA. So that's my new and noteworthy. Um, and that's it. So... Let's go ahead and uh, close this show out. But before we do that, I always want to give an opportunity for, uh, you know, for us to go ahead and raise a glass to some people who like to raise a glass to. So, John, being our guest on the show tonight, who would you like to raise a glass to? Well, I'd raise a glass to uh, Mike Allen. Thanks for stopping in. Um, and as well as, as you mentioned, Matt Helmer mm -hmm. and... Uh, Vic and their lovely wives mm -hmm. uh, all stopped in, got to see them, which was awesome. Um, and they both figured out that uh, Trek is a very convenient meeting place, yeah. like right in the middle of yeah. things. So, <laughs> it's a little bit uh, more. That more often. <laughs> um, and then uh, shout out to uh, to Mark and Heidi Church. Uh, see them every week and always fun hanging out with those guys. Uh, they continue to, to support us and just be awesome people in general. So Nice. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. All right, Chris, how about you? Yeah, John, I'm glad to hear your voice, man. Been want to raise a glass to you for coming on with us. I'm glad to get to come in on here and chat about beer with us and uh, see what's going on within Trek Brewing. Well, so thanks. cheers, cheers to you, to man. Denny, what about you? Who would you like to raise a glass well, to? You know what? I also want to raise a glass to John because uh, it's amazing that I was thinking of wanting to have you on and then we start chatting and you, and I invite you and you say, yeah, let's do it. And so it worked out perfect. I'm glad you were able to come on. I, I want to raise my glass because uh, I don't want you to get discouraged just because, you know, the three beers you submitted didn't win anything this time. It doesn't mean <laughs> they're not going to win. Eventually take those notes. Uh, hopefully they're going to provide you some insight um, and, you know, maybe you can, you know, just maybe make the beers a little bit, uh, different to, uh, to appeal, or you just go ahead and, uh, submit them to a different uh, category and they'll be perfect. But you know what? You have loyal, uh, customers that come like Mark Church, right? That come there and enjoy the, the environment. They enjoy the experience. They enjoy the beer. And, uh, you know, that's all that really matters. One day, you know, some of those uh, those fancy dancy judges will will recognize that the the quality of beer that you're putting out to. So, cheers to you, John. Thank you for taking the time out to uh, to join us again. And I hope I really do hope you can come visit with us some more more often. You know, now things are starting to uh, you know not become maybe so uh, challenging for you. You'll have more free time 
to uh, to come chat with us. What do you think? I'd hear so. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> All right. I also uh, I I, I want to go ahead and give a toast out to our Patreon uh, supporter this this week is going to be Tara Carlson. Thank you, Tara. Cheers to you for your support of the show. And of course, being a former serviceman, I want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. Thank you for your service. Cheers to you. And I hope you are able to return home safely to your families very soon. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and uh, raise a toast to our sponsor. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Visit their online store at BrewerShirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTOCRAFT2020 to receive 15% off full-priced items. All right. You can find the beers and links to the articles mentioned in the show in the show notes located on the show post at TAPTOCRAFT.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. Chris, how can I listeners follow you? So you can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82 or untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. Or you can also find me interacting on our Facebook page or Instagram at everything tap the craft. All right, John, you want to give your deets out to uh, to you and your your brewery? No, uh, really, just spree. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't do anything. <laughs> You're <laughs> so anti-social. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, no, checkbeer dot com, check brewing, and all the social stuff. So, chat with Kristen. She's doing she's a good job with all that yeah, stuff. She, so. she definitely is like all over the social media: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm constantly seeing posts that she's doing. So, so I keep spreading that word for sure. All right. Well, it is last call. It is time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, CastBox, Podbean, Spotify. And guess what? We are now on iHeartRadio. So, go, if, hey, if you, if you listen to iHeartRadio, just go ahead and add us there and uh, and you can find us. Or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, hey, Denny. Yeah. Did you want to tell Megan what you told me earlier? Uh, that, uh, Chris is always right. Yeah. 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 Hang on a second. Let me put the headphones on her real quick and then she can ask you what you were going to say. Here you go. Hello. Hi, Megan. I just want to let you know that Chris is always right. Chris is always right. Uh huh. He thinks he is. I let him yeah. think he is. You're wasting my time with this. We'll see. Now it's on. Now it's now it's on recording. It's official. It's official. We'll it's have locked that. in. I, know. I think what's on recording is you not being right about handling that situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I haven't been kicked out of my bedroom just yet. Uh, yeah. So we're good. Uh, all right. Well, hey, before you get kicked out. 
All right. So where? Well, let me ask you this: Where do you want me to stop? Uh, just go down to the GABF competition statistics. Statistics. Got yeah. It. All right. <laughs> A little too many uh, the... uh, jubilees, I think. <laughs> you can never be too jubilee. I'm just glad that sitting on that domain for like five years finally paid off. Right. You know. <laughs> you, you know, you know, John, that uh, it, it was Chris that reminded me that you were sitting on it uh, because I didn't know. I forgot that you would actually had, you know, had uh, secured that. And so it worked out perfect because this is Chris and I were talking about the website. Uh, you like the next day you contacted me. Hey, what are you, are you guys going to do anything with this? Or I'm just going to drop it. And we're like, yeah, we're going to do a website. So now we have a website. Yeah, I think I grabbed that at like episode four or five. <laughs> yeah. Like right after I was on, I was like, you know what I should do? Uh, you were <laughs> you know the way ahead. I found out. I found out because I was bored at my old job one day and I was like, I wonder if Tap the Craft's available and I'll just go ahead and buy it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. John, are you gone? That's okay. That's okay. I got to catch my breath. <sighs> <laughs> and in case you're new to the show, Tap the Craft pot. Oh. <laughs> no, keep going. That. You yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to calm down on these jubilees. It is a little warm in here, but I'm so glad this kind of stuff still goes on. Oh yeah, yeah. It never <laughs> ends. It never ends. All right. And-